This is episode 26 of the Prepper Website Podcast. Today's episode, we are looking at how to survive a nuclear strike, six inexpensive skills every prepper needs, and EDC for regular people and then some, the one item you'll go back home for. Hey, my name is Todd Sepulveda. I'm the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, I just want to say welcome again to this week. I hope you had a great weekend. hope you got some time outside and got to do some things. Um, I'm I'm feeling good about my garden and uh, things are looking good. So those of you, again, up north, man, I I, I feel you. I really do. But... Um, I was thinking maybe at some point we can do uh, share your garden, share your favorite garden pics or something. I don't know if anybody is into that or would be into that. Uh, would like to share things maybe on the Facebook page or even dropping them or sending them through. You know what? That would be cool if you just you could drop them on the Facebook page or send them to me uh, through email, and maybe I could put them together and just you know share some garden. Uh, pictures out there just see what people are doing and uh, just regular pictures I think are cool but then also you know what kind of new things are you doing and those of you that are up there and you still you're still dealing with the cold and snow and maybe you can share some of the things that you're that you're um, or ways that you're getting prepared I think that 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 would be awesome I'd, I'd love to be I would just love to see your pictures whatever you have out there all right so let's go ahead and get started with this uh, with this week um, episode 26, our first article comes to us from The Organic Prepper, and this article is How to Survive a Nuclear Strike. So let's go ahead and start reading. Learning what to do in the event of a nuclear strike just took on a whole new urgency now that Kim Jong-un just threatened to nuke the U.S. We don't know if Kim Jong-un actually has the capacity, capability to nuke the United States, but we do know that a little dictator in North Korea is bat-crap crazy. So, if he actually does have the ability to hit the United States with a nuclear weapon, do you have any doubt whatsoever that he'd do it? Last week, it was reported by numerous sources that SEAL Team 6 had been deployed to do away with Kim Jong-un. At the time, I thought that seemed a little weird because wouldn't that be a top secret mission? Why would they actually warn Un that they were coming? That's just such a weird name. That's a side note, sorry. Uh, Weirdness aside, the leader of North Korea responded with an incredibly unsettling warning via his foreign ministry. Quote, The Korean People's Army will reduce the base of aggression and provocation to ashes with its invincible Hotsong rocket tipped with nuclear warheads and reliably defend the security of the country and its people's happiness in case the U.S. and the South Korean puppet forces fire even a single bullet at the territory of the DPRK. Quote, According to a report on SHTF plan, the Secretary of State said that Americans' patience has ended with the antics of Kim Jong-un. If you were one of those people who felt such a sense of relief when Trump became president instead of Hillary Clinton that you stopped prepping, you might want to rethink that. A nuclear attack could mean one of two things, a missile sent to some location on American soil, or even an EMP that detonated above the country, wiping out the power grid. If there is anyone... If there is anyone crazy enough to start a nuclear war, it's this guy. He has already shown that he refuses to cooperate with the demands of neighboring countries. 
even though he has to be aware that retaliation would be swift and brutal if he thought he could get into a sucker punch, I believe he would do it. Do you know what to do in the event of a nuclear strike? Preparing for strikes versus an EMP are very different. For the purposes of this article, we'll talk about a direct strike. Contrary to popular belief, a nuke won't kill everyone within hundreds of miles. If you aren't in the immediate blast radius, a nuclear strike is absolutely survivable. If you are within 10 to 20 miles of the blast, the winds will be coming at about 600 miles per hour. This will take down buildings and cause a tremendous amount of pressure. Some experts recommend that you keep your mouth open to try and reduce the pressure on your eardrums. Okay, side note, I've never heard that one before, but that's interesting. Okay, continuing on. If you manage to survive that part, you have about 10 to 15 minutes to evacuate the area before you are exposed to a lethal amount of radioactive fallout. It's time to get the heck out of Dodge if at all possible. The advantage you will have is that most people will still be trying to figure out what, an, what on earth happened. The disadvantage is that roadways may not be clear due to damage from the blast. Your other option is to immediately get to shelter. Quote, During a talk on surviving nuclear attack, Professor Erwin Redliner, U.S. Specialist on Disaster Preparedness, said, In that 10 to 15 minutes, all you have to do is go about a mile away from the blast. Within 20 minutes, it comes straight down. Within 24 hours, lethal radiation is going out with prevailing winds. Professor Redliner said you should feel for the winds and begin running perpendicular to it, not upwind or downwind. He said you, get, you got to get out of there. If you don't get out of there, you're going to be exposed to lethal radiation in very short order. If you can't get out of there, we want you to go into a shelter and stay there. Now, in a shelter in an urban area means you have to be either in a basement as deep as possible or you have to be on a floor, on a high floor. If it's a ground burst explosion, which it would be higher than the ninth floor. So you have to be 10th to be tenth floor or higher or in the basement. But basically, you've got to get out of town as quickly as possible. And if you do that, you actually can survive a nuclear blast. The most hazardous fallout particulars are readily visible as fine sand-sized grains, so you must keep away from them and not go outside if you see them. Quote, if you take shelter, you should plan to stay there for a minimum of nine days. A few other nuclear survival tips. If you are in your car, make certain to turn the vent to recirculation so that you don't bring any outside air into the vehicle. If you have duct tape on hand, use it to seal up any entrances to the room in which you are taking shelter. Hint, you should always have duct tape on hand. If you are far enough out to have a bit of time, you can fortify your home to prevent much of the fallout from getting inside. Use duct tape and tarps to seal off windows, doors, and vents. Turn off any type of climate control that pulls the outside air into your home. If someone enters the home, make certain that there is a room set up that is separate from other family members so that they can decontaminate. All clothing they are wearing should be placed outside and they should immediately shower thoroughly. Have enough supplies on hand to wait out the danger. As with many emergencies, you need to be prepared to survive at home without help from anyone. Stock up on emergency food. Have a supply of water for all family members and pets that will last throughout the nine-day waiting period that you need to remain indoors. Make certain you have iodine supplement on hand to protect your thyroid gland. Be prepared for the potential of a power outage. If you have pets, 
have supplies on hand for their sanitation. You can't let them go outside because not only would they be exposed, they would bring radiation in with them. Make sure to have a supply of any necessary prescription medications. Have a well-stocked first aid kit. Finally, print out this manual from the U.S. government about surviving a nuclear emergency. It was written with first responders in mind, but much of the information would be applicable for us too. It discusses the effect of a de detonation in an urban environment, shelter and evacuation recommendations, medical care, decontamination, preparedness steps you can take well before any emergency occurs. None of these preps are completely outrageous items that you never use. I'm not suggesting that you go get, go set up a bunker in an underground cavern, although that would be pretty cool. There are common sense preps that many of you may already have on hand. Personally, I'd rather know what to do ahead of time instead of trying to figure it out after the fact when I only have 10 minutes to save the lives of my family members. Okay, good information from uh, Daisy over at Organic Prepper. And so thinking about this, this is possible. I mean, this is, this is a threat that is out there um, that you should consider. The good news is that there's a lot of information out there already. Um, a lot of manuals that you can download, a lot of good information. Um, there, was, there, was a, there was a lot of know-how just in the fact that uh, boomers, people that were alive now, went through this back in, back in the day. So, you know, they had a little bit of... A little bit of knowledge at least, although some of the, you know, when you look at, go back and you look at some of the videos where their uh, nuclear blast is coming and they're getting underneath their desk at school, I mean, that's kind of funny. But um, there is, there's a lot of knowledge out there that is free and that you can get it and, and you, can, you can grab it. And I love the fact that um, it, this article does let you know that you're not, you know, you, you can very well survive a nuclear attack uh, if you're not like right at the, the scene of the blast. So this is something that it kind of concerns me. I'm, you know, I, I, I share it that I'm, I live in Houston or at least I live in the suburbs of Houston. And Houston is one of those places that everyone believes would get, uh, would get taken out. Uh, one of the reasons being the port of Houston. So that's a, a lot farther from me than the city of Houston. Uh, but again, I'm in the suburbs. But something to consider. Something to consider that, you know, that could happen, that the prevailing winds would be kicking up radiation. Uh, you know, you might be at work, getting home, all those kinds of things. So uh, the thing is, you're always thinking on your feet, man. The, um, the one thing I do want to point out is in the comments, uh, there's not a lot of comments, but there is one comment, uh, and I'm glad that they left it. Uh, there used to be a, a nuke map uh, that you could go and you could find your, uh, your city, and then you can type in the, the different types of nuclear. There's all, you know, all these buttons that you can push, and you can get an idea of what that blast would do and uh, how far you know, fallout and all that kind of radiation would go. And so, uh, Daisy, you know, so uh, one of the commenters left it on there or at least said, hey, you know, don't forget this interesting resource. And Daisy found it and, and put the, um, the link to it. So you want to go to that because that's a, I forgot about that one. Actually, I was thinking about it the other day and I couldn't remember where I have it or where I, where I found it. But that's a, a good one. A good one. Definitely, if you've never looked at it, just to kind of consider that. So go check that out. In the comment section, as well as reading Daisy's uh, article, there's a lot of uh, links and stuff like that that you can uh, get to. All right, so let's go ahead and go on to the next one. Uh, this one comes to us from the Prepper Journal, and it's six inexpensive skills every prepper needs. Uh, this is a guest post, and uh, you know, after reading it, I was 
uh, they, they point out something here that I really appreciate that they did, and I'm going to go ahead and I'll, I'll stop when, uh, when I get to that here in just a minute. All right, take a second and think if there's anyone you know who has loads of supplies packed in their home. Now ask yourself if that person has the knowledge and skill level to employ that equipment in critical times. What about you? Do you have the know-how when the going gets rough? Maybe you're just getting started with prepping and have an extremely tight budget. Your community and family are going to need capable people who can execute vital tasks when times are hard and lives are on the line. Don't sell yourself short if your finances prevent you from acquiring massive amounts of equipment for any number of disasters. Think about the people on the other side of the coin who have lots of gear but not lots of training on how to use it. Aristotle said, The whole is greater than the sum of its parts, and pulling together as a community can pull you through any difficult circumstances. Take a stroll through any prepper website and you'll see that a ton of emphasis is placed on gear and gadgets. I'm here to tell you that skill beats gadgets any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Knowledge weighs nothing and you always have it on you. People often try to buy their way out of a problem, but skills are built through a habit and time. Today we're going to focus on six basic skills that every prepper needs. Shooting, medical, survival, communications, gardening, and leadership. Shooting. When things fall apart, it's handy to know how to handle a weapon, not just for self-defense purpose, but also for hunting. Even if you only have a 22 rifle, you can become deadly with it. Fancy scopes, match-grade barrels, suppressors, and bipods are not required. A rifle with a sling in the hands of a trained marksman can devastate an enemy force or consistently provide meat for the pot. You need to learn how to shoot. It can literally save your life. Project Appleseed is a nonprofit nationwide community of volunteers that teaches traditional rifle marksmanship that will train you from a person with a rifle into a principled and skilled rifleman. They offer inexpensive weekend shoots in nearly every state. Check out their site and get signed up for one of their events. All right, that's the point that I was talking about here, this Project Appleseed. I'm very glad that this author put that in there. Uh, I know one of the guys, one of the trainers, for Project Appleseed here in the Houston area, and he's a great guy. Uh, really knows his stuff, does a great job of, of teaching. And um, so if you are in an area where you can go to Project Appleseed, I would recommend it. There's a lot of good people over there, all right? So uh, there's links to Project Appleseed, and you can check out their site. They also have a, a good um, just presentation uh, using a Paul Revere book, and actually I was kind of inspired by that, started reading that book, and did a couple of articles on that uh, based on, on that book, just kind of inspired by that. So uh, good good stuff there. All right, let's go on. Medical. Medical emergencies don't wait for the end of the world. They happen every day to thousands of people in your community. Trained first responders can mean the difference between life and death. It's likely that everyone will have to deal with some sort of medical or traumatic situation, so it's probably not a bad idea to learn how to deal with medical emergencies before they occur. There are many counties, cities in every state that need volunteer firefighters. Since almost 80% of their calls are medical-related, there are departments that will pay for your emergency medical technician or EMT basic certification course in return for your volunteer service to their department. This is an outstanding way to learn a crucial skill for free and get involved in your community. During my time as an EMT, I've seen firsthand the varied and extreme reactions of people's responses to stress while also developing the muscle memory to stay calm and provide emergency care to the sick and injured. Survival. Whether you're bugging out during a crisis or simply lost in the woods, survival skills are foundational to maintaining life. There are a lot of great resources on the topic that are free. Check out your local library for books or DVDs on survival. 
YouTube can also provide a lot of information regarding water purification, shelter building, uh, sorry, shelter building, firecraft, signaling, uh, navigation, and snaring. There are a wide variety of techniques in the survival community, so focus your search on practical skills and less on primitive living techniques that can take years to master like fire by friction, tanning hides, flint napping, etc. Communication. It's a good idea to learn how to use radios now before you need them. For communities to effectively work together during catastrophes, they have to be able to communicate. In today's society, we become complacent with luxuries like the internet and cell phones that are highly vulnerable to failure when things go south. In times of need, ham radio operators stand in the gap to provide life-saving information. This allows communities to prepare for incoming threats, make informed decisions, adjust provisions for crisis duration, or work in concert with nearby communities. You can learn the basics of ham radio with this free course. Also, it's less than $40 to get your license, and using a simple handheld radio, you can be talking to other operators in your community in no time. Gardening and canning. You've probably heard that saying, the saying that growing your own food is like printing your own money, and in hard times this has never been truer. Imagine your delight eating fresh tomatoes or strawberries after two weeks of freeze-dried food, or opening a jar of raspberry jam in the middle of winter that you canned earlier that summer. Gardening and canning are skills that can be learned with a minimum amount of startup cost. If you have no idea where to start, check out your local county extension or city. They likely offer free workshops on these subjects, and some even provide supplies to take home. Don't worry if you don't have a lot of space. A simple window sill herb garden can teach you the, the learning curve that comes with gardening. The beauty of gardening is that even if crisis never comes, you'll still enjoy the fruits of your labor. Ha, you'll see what I did there. Leadership. Working together is a key factor to surviving disaster, and leadership is a fundamental role in making that happen. Your community is a lot like a tribe, and it needs leaders at the local level. Good leadership comes from being informed and understanding that what people need in hard times. One part of leadership is understanding what planning and execution is taking place at the city, state, and national level. FEMA has tons of free online courses so you can work together and relay community challenges using the local chain of command. Here is a snapshot of some of the courses they offer. Understanding the Incident Command System, Emergency Planning, Decision Making and Problem Solving, Planning for the Needs of Children in Disasters, Natural Disaster Mitigation. Check out their site to learn more. Alright, so just side note, the Understanding the Incident Command System, I had to do that as, a, as a, an administrator in education or in the in the public school system. And I'll tell you that... that um, that course just sucked. It just, it was it was terrible. It just it was long and it didn't really teach you any. I mean, it teaches you the command line, but it just it just nothing there. I didn't look at any of these other ones, so there probably are some good things in in some of this other stuff here. But the incident command system that was just it was uh it, it just you it's one of those things you just had to get through, right? All right, continuing on. Uh, there are also free courses on personal emergency preparedness offered by your city or county. A quick internet search should point you in the right direction. Sometimes the hardest part with most things in life is getting started. The good news is that you don't need a fortune to start building your skill set. The danger here is not acting on this information. You have to apply it. Like Derek Sivers says, if anything, if information were the answer, we'd all be billionaires with perfect abs. Now you know how to get started and move towards your goal. This can actually be a lot of fun. Invite a friend along and you 
sorry, invite a friend along with you and learn something new together. You might even find a new hobby. All right, so um, some good advice there. You, you don't need to stock up on gear. You're right on that. Um, gear is fun. Gear is, you know, gear is the sexy part of it. But you definitely want to have the skills to uh, to be able to do what you need to do. So um, good good information there. He did leave out books as far as, and he said going to like the library and stuff like that. There's a lot of good books out there that you just you would want uh, you would want to uh, have uh, to learn to help you learn preparedness. Uh, just go to Amazon and look for the good reviews, man. I mean, there's you know look for something that has a lot of reviews and and you know four star and above and you'll you'll hit the good stuff all right so moving right along this next one comes uh from ed that matters and that's my personal preparedness blog um had someone asked me today you know how many websites do you have and so you know i have some that are in preparedness i have some that i really don't they're preparedness but i really don't do a lot with they're kind of like run themselves and i have you know uh you know ministry related ones as well so uh, a lot out there, but this is one. This is one where I'm putting my own articles, or if I get a guest post, someone sends a guest post, and it's a good one. I try to, I try to really, uh, you know, I, I don't just accept anything. If it's a good guest post, I will post it on Ed That Matters and then link it to Prepper website because Prepper website just doesn't lend itself to uh, having uh, post on there. It's just it's, it doesn't doesn't do that well at all. All right, so this one is called EDC for regular people and then some, the one item you'll go back home for. And this was part of that blog or that uh, blog train, that EDC train that, that we talked about. And I've linked to a lot of those articles on Prepper website, but this is the one that I did. So, and I don't think I've, I've uh, read an article from my website yet. So here we go. It, it took 26 episodes. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start out with a little bit of fiction here. John started off Tuesday like every other day. He dropped to the floor and knocked off 20 push-ups. He turned on the shower so it would get hot and then went to the kitchen to turn on the coffee pot. Showered, shaved, and dressed, John filled his Yeti and headed off to work. His thoughts were on the big presentation that he and his colleagues were in charge of. This presentation could make or break his career. Entering the freeway, John reached into his pocket to retrieve his smartphone and connect it to his car's Bluetooth speakers. A wave of panic hit him as he went from his front pockets to his back pockets looking for his phone. He thought for a moment that he should turn back, but he was already on the freeway and he didn't want to be late. Seven minutes down the freeway, traffic came to a standstill. He couldn't see what was causing the holdup, but he knew he was completely dead in the water. He instinctively grabbed for his phone, but then remembered he left it at home. With no traffic app, he turned on talk radio to try and get a traffic report. After 20 minutes, traffic had inched its way to the next off-ramp. John decided to exit and take a different route. He turned down one road and encountered a ton more traffic. It seemed like everyone who wasn't on the freeway was on this one road. He quickly decided to turn on the next road. After about a mile, the road filled with construction. Two miles in, John received the notification that his front right tire was losing pressure. He screamed. He didn't have time for a flat tire. He desperately looked for a place to pull over while he kept an eye on his instrument panel. He finally found a flat driveway that would allow him room to change his tire. He stepped out of his vehicle and straight into a puddle of water. Feeling the water squish between his toes and socks, he punched the air and yelled, What more? He walked over to the front rear tire and noticed a huge nail sticking into the side of his tire. He opened his trunk and pulled up the carpet to get to, to, get to his jack and spare tire. 
After unscrewing the placement nut, John's heart sank as he felt the air in the spare tire. It was flat. He slammed the trunk down and again instinctively reached for his cell phone. He hung his head as he remembered he forgot it at home. He locked up his car and started down the road to find a convenience store. Wet shoe and all. He just hoped he didn't miss one of the most important presentations of his career. The fictional scenario above isn't too far-fetched. When it rains, it pours. But when it pours, you want to make sure you have one of the most important EDC or everyday items in modern history, your smartphone. A smartphone would have come in very handy in many instances in this scenario above. From checking the traffic, finding the fastest alternative route, to calling for assistance, a smartphone would have helped this character out in so many different ways. When preppers think about EDC, our minds go to the sexy stuff. Knife, flashlight, firearm, ferro rod, paracord bracelet, etc. But preppers are practical, common sense people. We like the sexy stuff, but understand that it is important to always be prepared. And in this modern time, having a smartphone is really a no-brainer. Apps galore. The beauty of the smartphone are all the apps that are available. You can find an app for almost anything imaginable. I don't want this article to be about apps you can download. There have been plenty of those. Recently, Urban Survival Site did a good article on survival apps that I read on Episode 9 of the Prepper Website Podcast. But I've also linked to many other articles throughout the years on Prepper Website. You can find them in the tag cloud here, here, and here. Don't be afraid. What I do want to suggest is not to be afraid of using your cell phone. Many preppers, because of our natural mistrust of prying eyes and ears, tend to shy away from helpful aspects of having a smartphone. For example, in the above scenario, if John would have had his smartphone on him with the location on, he would have received an alert telling him that the freeway was backed up. Likewise, when he exited the freeway, if he would have had a map app and location on, he would have learned the best and fastest route to take. But, 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 big brother. I'll get to that in a moment. I don't keep my location, Bluetooth, or wireless functions on my smartphone at all times, or on it at all times. I turn them off and off, turn them on and off as I need them. But I've had had experience with, uh, experiences with like the map app that showed me the best route to take and it worked. There were times that I thought I was smarter and knew better and found myself in standstill traffic because I didn't follow the map app. I've learned not to be hard-headed. Big brother and stuff. Yes, there are some who will rally against having a smartphone, apps, and all because Big Brother is watching and listening. But I have continued to say since the beginning of my time in preparedness that the only real way of not leaving any digital footprint is to completely be offline. That is almost impossible nowadays. However, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be smart about using your smartphone. One way to be smart is to be the gray man while using your phone. A gray man is someone who doesn't stand out in the crowd. He or she looks like the crowd and just blends in. You can say the same for your smartphone use. This means that you aren't looking up FEMA camp on your phone. This means that you're not visiting militia websites. This means that you use your smartphone for regular everyday purposes like everyone else. But then again, if you are doing those things on your home computer, there is already a record of it somewhere. Someone might say that you can be tracked by your phone number. I will say, if they wanted to really track you, they would do it regardless of your smartphone use. Again, you don't make it easier. Be smart. Stay powered. One of the things that I don't understand is when someone lets their smartphone battery run out. They have this great tool in their possession, but it is basically a brick since it doesn't have power. This happens often if smartphone users are playing games and listening to music. I recommend everyone carry around a battery pack to power their smartphone. 
A battery charger that I recommend is the GRDE 15,000 uh, solar panel ex external battery. It holds a lot of power and is about the size of a smartphone. You could easily carry your smartphone in your back pocket, the GRDE in your other back pocket, and your cord in your front pocket and not really feel weighted down. The battery is under $18 and is rated at 4 star with over 500 reviews on Amazon. I don't use the solar aspect of it. However, it is good to know that it can be charged rather slowly using solar power if needed. Final thoughts. Smartphones are powerful tools that everyone should carry every day. Not only are there a means to communicate and entertain, but they provide helpful preparedness and survival information through many apps that can be downloaded free. The important thing is to have it on you and ready to use at all times. All right. So, again, I have all the links to all the other EDC articles if you want to hit those as well. Um, you know, I had a couple of, uh, couple of uh, comments on, the, uh, on this one. And uh, saying, yeah, smartphones are, are you know, very helpful, um, but technology fails. Yes, technology fails. It's very, um, you know, it, it very probable that technology is going to fail. But I still think that using cell phones is a very, very, um, you know, it's, it's smart. There are just so many things that you can use, use it for. There are so many things that um, just, the, just the communication aspect of it, you know, when, when someone is, and you, you wonder how in the world did we ever get along with, you know, before we had smartphones. But, you know, and, and we did. But it was just the communication and knowing that, you know, your wife's not home yet or your kids aren't home yet and knowing that you can call them or you can text them and, you know, find out where they are and, and get that kind of information. I mean, that just helps you to breathe just a little bit easier. So a lot of other things, again, be, be smart when you use it. You know, if you if, if you're doing crazy stuff on it, yeah. You know, that's not that's not smart. Same thing for your home computer. You got to be smart about what you're doing. All right. So that's uh, EDC for regular people and then some. And that's uh, on Ed That Matters. Of course, I'm going to link to all of these articles. And you have, uh, you know, with all these articles, there are links that you want to go and visit and check out. And uh, a lot of good stuff out there. All right. So I guess that that's it for episode 26. Um, starting off another week. So I hope you have a good day if you're listening to this in the morning or I hope you've had a good day if you're listening to this uh, later in the in the evening or in the afternoon. Before I go, if I could ask you for a big, big favor, um, you know, one of the, you can be very instrumental in getting the word out about uh, the Prepper website podcast by reviewing it on your podcast network, however you're listening to it. And so if you are on iTunes or you are you know, downloading from Stitcher or from one of the other podcast networks, if you could go leave a review, that really helps out the podcast because that kind of rates it within the podcast network and brings it out, uh, you know, and, and brings it up in front of people a lot more often. And so uh, if you could do that, if you're finding, a, you know, some value from what, what we're doing here at the Prepper Website Podcast, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, I know iTunes takes a while before they start showing reviews. And so, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to see uh, when that's going to happen. But if, if you haven't done that, if you could do that, I would great, greatly appreciate that. And then also just sharing out the podcast and letting people know that we're here. Uh, we've made it very easy to come to the website and then share it out through all the social media channels. Um, you can, you know, just we make it really, really easy to share out any episodes for you. And uh, word of mouth is also a very powerful uh, powerful tool you know if usually if word of mouth is there and someone who someone does listen to podcasts 
you know, they're going to go at least look at it and check it out. So I do appreciate all those people that are sharing out. I know there's a lot of websites uh, still doing that. I appreciate that. People putting that out on social media. And, and then those of you individuals that are doing it, I really do appreciate that. If you get a chance, come by the website and uh, leave me a comment on, you know, on one of the episodes or, you know, hit me up on one of the social media on uh, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You know, I'd love to be able to connect with you and just see how you're doing. And I want you to really seriously consider doing that, that those gardening picks, man. I, uh, I think we're going to do that. I think we're going to uh, start setting that up. So I don't know uh, if you go to the, the prepper website podcast dot com. Uh, my email is there on the on the right side uh, sidebar, and you can just copy and paste that and throw that into a, an email, and uh, uh, attach your your pictures and send it to me, or, or you know drop it to me on Facebook or whatever. That'd be great. So we'll uh, we'll see how that's gonna that's gonna uh, play out and pan out. Maybe we'll do that for a couple of weeks as people are getting started, and then maybe we'll do it a little bit later on as well. Um, that might be even that might be even better. We do it now, and then we do it a little bit later on when when you know things are popping out and producing. I think that would be cool. Um, it's, just, it's kind of inspirational when you when you uh, see those kind of picks, man. It just makes you want to go out there and uh, you know hit hit the garden. All right, so that's it for uh, today. Again, thanks so much for uh, listening. Uh, we will see you tomorrow with great articles to read, audible versions of those. If you're looking for some more preparedness information, don't forget to go to PrepperWebsite.com for great uh, articles that are linked there daily. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.